0: Welcome, Jennifer. It's fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for?
1: Well, I have definitely not been asked that before, but if when when I knew you were going to ask me this, I thought, okay, what do people get when they come in our house is a lot of jokes and laughter from my husband, especially. I think our family laughs a lot. And you know, if you come over, the kid's dad, Matt, is going to always keep you laughing. He is a coach of some of my kids' teams and he's known for being the funny guy. And the other thing is, I just think we're very lighthearted and have a lot of fun together. But um, one other thing that popped in my head is <laughs> my oldest daughter, when I start, I always sit down and talk to their friends and I'll always dig in and try to hear some stories from them. And, and she'll always say, Oh, be careful. My mom's going to give you some life lessons sitting here and she'll say it in carpool and she'll say it there, but the kids always listen and it's really fun. We always have really good conversations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that a lot because as a mom of teenagers, I get the same thing, but I find that their friends want to hear what I have to say sometime and that's okay. And I think maybe they'll appreciate that when they get older.
1: I do too. And I, I enjoy that because don't you feel as moms, that's when we, we find out so much about our own children when we interact Mm -hmm. with their friends, of course. Mm -hmm. So I will always continue giving those life lessons. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I keep driving the carpool. Cause you get, you get some insight and you get some access and you get all that good stuff.
1: That is right.
0: Yeah. All right. So you're here to tell us about your together for dinner for family dinner conversation, sticker game, right? I wasn't sure, <laughs> <clears throat> which is amazing. Yeah. I've been able to see it. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that and, and why you created that?
1: Yeah. Okay. So my whole business is called to gather moments, but it was built around this dinner game. I, I have four kids and I, my oldest is 13 now. And when she was about eight, it's funny, Kimberly, because I think our stories line up so much as to how we got in These businesses and make them a ministry because we both saw what was coming to our families Mm -hmm. with the distractions and what it was going to do. And I I remember sitting there about gosh, five years ago thinking, what is going on with face-to-face communication? This is crazy. It's it's like destroying our families and Mm. And there's a lot besides faith. I feel like strong communication is really what holds a family together because it it feeds into every other part of our our culture that we Mm want to have right in our Mm -hmm. family. And so I thought, what is the answer? And I knew that it lied in the dinner table because it's the one place in our house that begs us to sit. And, and stare at each other. Mm-hmm. And eye contact is so, um, it, it's, it's so few and far between today with yeah. that. It's a very absent thing in our daily life with all these distractions. So I knew the answer lied at the family dinner table, and I knew we did a really good job at communication. So long story short, it made me after a long time of thinking and praying and figuring this whole thing out, I knew that I could make people talk through these stickers. <laughs> so I wanted conversation starters that made this happen, but I knew that they had to be different than anything out there because we only have small moments together because a lot of times maybe we're, we're going to sit down But we can't do it seven nights a week, but we can do it 30 minutes in between that soccer and dance practice. Mm -hmm. So if we have that time, we got to make it count. So these stickers had to dig deep pretty quickly and get past surface and not lead to one word answer. And I didn't want it to be a card. I wanted it to be a sticker because I knew if, if our time is so valuable, it's got to create that interactive feature, the fun, Mm -hmm. the non-intimidating. And if I'm the mom just saying to my youngest child, hey, will you please tell you know your dad a character trait you hope to emulate one day? They'd be like, What? Mom, mom that's weird. Why are we talking about that? Yes, yeah. the potatoes. But if the sticker, if they peel the sticker because they're all bound in a book. So you pass Mm -hmm. the game, you peel a sticker and you read that you just do what the sticker says. It doesn't feel intimidating. And I taught high school students. So I knew that I could get them to open up about us history and government. So I knew I could get them to open up about anything. And the together stickers were born and I, I launched it and I thought, all right, let's see if this works. And I, I soon discovered that people were craving all of that how do do we connect Mm -hmm. in the small moments but make it fun and it has since branched out into other products for date night advent lunch bags Mm -hmm. and more easter
0: yeah that is so fun yeah i like the idea of it being a sticker because i've gotten like cards before and conversation books before and um you know we'll thumb through but i don't know how to keep track of the ones we've already answered and i don't really like that one or like <laughs> with this idea of the sticker and then what do you typically do with the sticker
1: okay so they're all in categories and there's um, seven categories with 15 stickers in each one so mm-hmm. so there's 105 stickers it takes a while to go through the whole game book because essentially with you having a family of five, you could peel Mm -hmm. five in one round, or you could Mm -hmm. just peel one and talk about it. But what you do with the stickers is simply put it on your head, put it on your hand, on your plate, on your napkin, your glass, whatever. And you just talk about it. So the stickers are not reusable, but that's, what makes them fun. I've had people send me pictures of one mom said, I never knew what happened to those stickers. And she showed the side of her daughter's dresser. And she had all these together stickers on there. And another Mm -hmm. one, we have a lunch bag product, but another mom had told me she uses the stickers after dinner and she'll put them in her kids' lunch bags later in the week and write a little note with it. Yeah. Or my, I would like to have a journal where you can keep So it leads to good, funny conversation, good banter back and forth and and just silliness in that one. And then you have the one from the humble pie category that says, share a risk you took that made you proud Mm -hmm. and then you have people sharing all these neat stories and your 15 year old boy opens up about something you haven't heard. So what can you do with the stickers? You can do anything you want, but Mm -hmm. it really is a symbol of being this, you know, just a natural way to open up about things that you want Mm -hmm. to without feeling intimidated. Mm -hmm. And it's fun.
0: You know, a while back, we, we sometimes, we used to host a small group for our church and we did an icebreaker question one night and it was where did tell us the story about your shoes. And when I tell you that is probably one of our favorite evenings that we've had with our friends and the people that were there that night are literally still our friends because it was interesting to see how that was somewhat of a silly question. Like you said, the thing that you leave out the most in the house it just it, it led into the story, and everyone had a story about their shoes. I mean, who would have thought that that would provide so much connection? But it did, and so I have no doubt that these questions are probably doing the same thing in the homes of people that have that have this resource for sure.
1: And I love yeah. that question. I mean, that is my mind is just sharing all these stories <laughs> with myself about where my shoes have been. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it um, is. It's neat. I I think anytime we can give a prompt that, that makes people think like, you can take something so easy. One of our questions is uh, name a food that brings you special memories. Mm. And that one, my husband and I have been together Well, we've been married almost 17 years, but together for like 20, oh gosh, 25. I'm really sharing my age here, Mm -hmm. but we've been together forever. And It was so neat because we went back to like high school foods that we would eat together and restaurants we would go to that we had forgotten about. So yeah, I love that shoe store or that shoe question. That's cool. Using these stickers is so good because it does just, it's a way to outsource the conversation and not have to think. I think so much of, of the quality, strong communication lies on us mothers. It really does. We Mm -hmm. are the keepers of all the moments, right? We have to talk about all this stuff. And quite frankly, we can get to the end of the day and sit at that dinner table and look at each other and know that we should dig deeper, but not want to, because it requires too much effort and we are drained for the day. Yeah. (laughs) So peeling these stickers really is just like, handing the baton over to you and saying, here, I, I made it easy for you. Here you go, peel And if, if you have the stickers, that's awesome. And I promise they'll help. But if you don't have the stickers, I have a really fun thing. That's like, you know, a lot of people do the high, low mm-hmm. roses, thorns thing. Mm-hmm. And something else you could do is, um, the three L's is, And they're all open-ended questions. So they won't lead to one-word answer and they'll they'll dig deeper and go further. So what today made me a leader? Or how did I act like a leader today?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What lesson did I learn? And of course, that could be anything, right? I learned to play a new song on the piano. I learned that four times four is 16. I mean, I don't know the little ones, mm-hmm. whatever. And then the last one is what made you laugh? Mm, so good. lead leader, learn, laugh. So it's a, it's a good thing to kind of break away from the routine, but get the conversation mm-hmm. really flowing and make people think kind of like your shoes question, maybe mm-hmm. where it just expands you for the day and makes you think, okay, what story could I pull out today? Or what yeah. little nugget could I share?
0: Yeah. I love that you said gatekeepers. Like we really are. I mean, not for nothing, but my, 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 I know that there's some chatty dads out there, but for the most part, they're not coming to the table saying, let's connect and talk about like your feelings or like <laughs> what went on in your day and how you felt about that. And, you know, so I do think that that's absolutely true. I think that moms have a lot more power than we realize in terms of we get to steer the conversation in the way we want it to go, we can bring things up and, and really cause our kids to think about things they might not have thought about before for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: So what do you think healthy communication looks like in a family?
1: Ah, that is a whole episode in itself. I yeah. feel like.
0: <laughs> but how do we know think- if we're having good conversations?
1: Yeah. So I think healthy communication is, I think one of the most basic factors is eye contact. If we're talking about mannerisms itself is it's so easy to be distracted and not, um, you know, give our time to one another. So I think just that element of eye contact can be so absent today Mm -hmm. in everything at a grocery store with our teacher, with our friends that that I feel like is number one and just something that we really have to focus on and be committed to at the very base of healthy mm-hmm. communication. And mm-hmm. I think if we all think about it, I mean, even myself, I do this thing, stop, drop and fold <laughs> where I literally stop what I do, drop what I'm have in my hand and fold my hands. So it forces me to have mm-hmm. eye contact because that's good. It's, It seems like such a silly thing, but how many of us have those children that tell the world's longest stories? And we feel distracted (laughs) just because it's taking forever. And I love my children dearly, but we all know those moments and that's just a silly example. But if we don't really maintain that eye contact, it it really, I think, tells volumes to our children Mm -hmm. of what We really care about whether we want you know we're not intentionally telling them we don't care about your story but giving them our eye contact definitely does say we care i care about you so i think eye contact is just so so huge and something that is very often forgotten especially with the scroll of the phone in our hand Mm -hmm. and things like that the next thing i would say is the consistency in communication. And that's why I even built this business is because I, I don't think we can all in our real life have these deep conversations all day, or even a full family dinner, seven nights a week, it's not happening, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. So what are you being consistent about? Are you consistent with that Thursday night dinner? Because you all have a 30 minute window. You're together. Are Mm -hmm. you consistent about sitting down with your child when they come home from school and having a snack with them? Because you, you can give them 10 minutes. And Mm -hmm. I think showing up consistently for our family, where they know they can always count on us or Family dinner. Are you consistently only having positive conversation and you don't use that time to talk about grades and chores and things that have to get done around the house? I mean, there's a time for those conversations, but don't do it at family dinner because make sure your children know as they grow up that dinner table is synonymous with, I will feel loved, I will feel accepted, I will walk away feeling positive, Mm
0: -hmm. my bad
1: day only gets better here. So is that your consistent thing that you do, that you always show up at the dinner table with positive positivity? I think healthy communication is always gonna be built around eye contact, of course, but consistency is an element. I think that kind of comes as a surprise in different ways in our real crazy lives Mm -hmm. that where we can drop the expectations on ourselves, that it's not about quantity. It's about quality, Mm -hmm. but where are we showing up with that consistent quality? Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, I think that is so important. What you said about allowing the dinner place to be the dinner table, to be a place where we're not going to get on you about, The things you're not doing or the things you want to do, but it is going to be a safe place. You know, I do my best to have one-on-one time with my kids that has nothing to do with housekeeping, like what's going on, what needs to be done. It's not a family business meeting. It is just time together. It's not an opportunity for me to get on them about their grades or their college applications or why are you still hanging out with so-and-so? That's not the time for that. And to create that that I, I believe that if you create that safe place that they can count on the consistency like you referred to, then when you go to have those other types of conversations with them, they're more open to them. They're not in fear that every time they interact with you that it's going to be about what they're not doing or how they're not living up or like what it is they have to do different. Um, and that's so, so important. And but I never thought of it the way that you did, like. We definitely commingle our conversations at dinner, but I like the idea of not doing that for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think, I think that with us, modern moms, if you want to say that Mm -hmm. living, I mean, I just think I feel like we have to approach things in such a real life setting and know that we can't always have those deep, meaningful moments for hours on end, whether it's this great family hike or this wonderful Mm -hmm. conversation, but we can dedicate certain things in our house to that and and know that 20 minutes is enough. It really Mm -hmm. is. If we put the intentional quality into it. And I love, I'm glad you shared that with me of Mm -hmm. just having those intentional conversations where it's not about housekeeping Mm -hmm. because that made me think my oldest is 13 and I,
0: especially um, as they get older.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like as you were saying that, I thought, Oh, I need to make sure I'm intentional about that because lately it's been more, well, you know, you could give me great advice on this, but as they get to this certain age, there's that magic time between 12 and 13 where you're having totally different types of conversations because they're more switch almost. It is. And so I find myself enjoying those conversations Mm -hmm. with her, but I got to be careful that I, I don't always make it the serious things either, as far as let's make sure you're, you know, you know what to expect when you get to high school and things like that. And just talk about, the fun, good heart to hearts as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that we did want us to talk about a little bit was the difference between, you know, we have these conversations with our kids and you get an answer at the dinner table. How do we prevent ourselves from making everything a teachable moment? how do we know when just to listen and when to add our two cents in because they could tell me about my kids could tell me about the most embarrassing thing that happened to them but then I want to give them a speech on why they should have never been in that situation to begin with right so how do you manage because I I I would guess knowing even teen girls that once you get them to open up when do you say oh I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm just gonna let this be what it needs to be does that make sense? Ah,
1: <laughs> yes, it makes sense. I think that is such a good question. It's a really good question for me, Kimberly, because <laughs> I do make everything a teachable moment. I mean, I just said <laughs> I'm known for life
0: lessons. Woohoo.
1: Yeah. When you said that, I was <laughs> like,
0: oh, okay. So she might be tempted to do the
1: same thing I'm tempted to do. I'm so tempted, especially I taught high school for eight years. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I have a real heart for uh, that age group of teenagers and just being able to talk to them and talk through things with them. Mm -hmm. And I think, I I think one thing that really helps me to stop is listening without responding with the very next thing I want to say, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Because I think for me the life lesson teachable thing is exactly what you just said. When I'm listening to my children say something, I'm already processing, "Ooh, I'm going to tell you the story of why you shouldn't have been there or yeah, yeah, however you said that." And when I pull back on not thinking of my next move, it usually makes me hear what they're saying for what it is Mm, instead of what I'm trying to make it be, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's, you know, I think every situation's different because there are certainly times where you absolutely have to make it a teachable moment because Mm -hmm. you have to take advantage of that and teach them something that, you know, is going to really help them Mm -hmm. in the future. Right. But I think something that helps me is, okay, is this because I just kind of want to preach or is it because I think it will really make make a significant difference? Is this something they haven't heard from me before? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And one thing that I, I try to do on the same line of making a teachable moment is always compliment them on something like, wow, I'm so proud of you Mm -hmm. in that moment. That is super cool because then it opens them up. up, It puffs up their shoulder a little more. And I think their body language is already open to what I might say next, which will be teachable. Yeah. So to answer your question, I guess is the listening part and, and really, trying to have some self-control and what I want to say next usually makes me stop and enjoy the moment for what it is and just kind of maybe shut my mouth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's a lesson that we can all learn. I mean, that is like (sighs) communication 101 is to not be thinking of what you're going to say next as your friend, your spouse, your child is talking. Because that's what we do, right? We're already on to the next thing and we already know what we want to say. But does that mean we're really listening to them and enjoying them or trying to understand them for what they're really saying? My husband will joke, he's like, I'm already on. I already know what you're going to say. And I'm already on to the next thing and the next thing after that. And I'm like, But that's not how good communication works. And he's like, Oh, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so you have a lot of experience with teens. And I think this is what I'm finding. And I want to get your thoughts on this. I feel like the more I listen, they'll be more apt to then actually come ask me my opinion. I try to walk the fine line of giving my opinion when it hasn't been asked, especially as they get older and trying to create language within my home that says, especially among the siblings, may I make a suggestion as opposed to just why you shouldn't do it that way, or you should have done this or like, cause most, most times people are sharing with you their heart and they're not really asking you for your advice but we often jump in. So do you find it takes time, especially with teens to establish that trust before they want to hear your opinion, or do you just go for it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I only have experience with teenagers as their teacher. So which is definitely. probably
0: good though, because it's a different, I think you're probably not less emotional, but you're not so
1: invested in
0: making them to be these perfect little human beings in your home.
1: It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So I'm thinking back and I had, I I don't currently teach right now. I'm full-time at home, but I did have the same students who would come into my class after school and share things with me. And I actually wrote a blog post on this because I had been reflecting on it and I thought, you know, what is so interesting when I think of those students that would always come talk to me is I would actually maybe call them the unreachable student actually that they weren't a natural they were not natural talkers, they probably were more introverted. And I think the reason that they would come to me is they felt like I actually took time to listen to them and make them feel like, like their opinion mattered and, and not that they were less of, you know, that they were just a child whose opinion didn't matter or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think when we. Is something that helps the, the teenager. And again, my oldest is just 13. So maybe ask me in five years also how it's going. <laughs> but <laughs> mm. no, I, I'm all about building this foundation. I think you can't come out of the blue, unfortunately, and just expect someone to open up to you. You have to build a foundation of trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think in a family, what that looks like is... Like you said, not always coming out as I'm in control, I'm the authority, I know better than you, but maybe, may I make a suggestion? Or I noticed you do it this way. And and I remember when I tried to do it this way in this situation, I always find that my children understand what I'm trying to say the most when I share a story with them. Here's an easy example is, If my children feel left out at school for some reason or something, Matt and I will have very often said, we understand how you feel. And let me tell you, we really understand how you feel because I pulled up this Facebook post last week and all of our friends were together and we weren't invited and you know, we really feel the same way as you, we felt completely left out. And I think when our children can really see that we're not mom and dad sharing a story from when we were a teenager and, Oh, your life was different back then. It's not the same. And, and really let them see that we are people with the same feelings as them, that it really can translate into a different kind of relationship with our kid that, is built on that trust because they keep Mm -hmm. seeing us come forward with some good evidence. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of teenagers want proof of things and, and you know, they want to see things and they have a lot of feelings and, I had a principal tell me one time, I was doing my student teaching and I went and sat with him and said, tell me anything you think I need to know that will make me the most successful high school teacher. And he said to me, I'll never forget this. And it has applied to me as a mom as well. And I think this is any age, but especially teenagers. He said, teenagers today, and this was, gosh, back in 2004, I went back to school to be a teacher, but it was back then. And he said, kids today are, they feel like they don't get a break anywhere. They feel mm-hmm. like, you know, mom and dad are yelling at them and their boyfriend just broke up with them. Their girlfriend's being mean. They're having friend problems. They Their coach isn't playing them as much as they think. They just feel like they're not getting a break anywhere, whether they are or aren't, doesn't matter. That's how they feel if you can ever give them a break in the classroom, give it to them. If they bomb a test and you can meet them after school and help them correct some things and make them feel better, do it. And that has always stuck with me because I I think we live in such sometimes a black, white culture that is, okay, it's either this or that. It's a hard line between this and this and and we lose compassion and what, people really need in the moment and there sometimes there aren't solid rules of yes, no, you can bend the rules. And sometimes what's good for one kid, one of my own children, isn't what the other child needs. And I may bend rules differently because that child needs that in that moment. And I think anytime we can give our own kids a break on something and not draw these hard lines, really helps in all kinds of areas, but it starts with so much in the communication we're having with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that you said about pulling up a current example of the things that we experience or struggle with. Um, Cause I have a hard time remembering high school. I think it just blocked it out. Like I remember a few key things and like, as my girls are getting older and, and I'm able to share a few things with them that I experience, And then some things I just don't want to share at all. So, so it's like, okay, they can, they can totally relate. And I think that gives me credibility to share something I'm experiencing now or recently, as opposed to when I've shared it 20 years ago, when they didn't even believe that it would be possible for me to be a teenager. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's I, I appreciate that insight. That's great.
1: But then um, I guess we have to use our, our skills to pull back those teachable moments, right? Yeah. Always finding
0: that. I know, I know, I know. It's hard. It really is. But yeah, and I believe that God can lead us and tell us which moments are just meant to be fun and which moments are meant to share something for sure. And I think we just have to be alert to their cues and see when it is that our two cents is needed and, and when it's, it doesn't, like you said, benefit the conversation or take the conversation anywhere that it needs to go.
1: Yeah. Or absolutely. When we need to zip our mouth and walk away. Right. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. We probably need to do that more than we need to speak up. I think I want to go back real quick to distractions before we wrap this up. There's tons of distractions. So besides the stop, drop and fold, what else can we do about distractions? What have you done in your family and what do you recommend for others in order to really carve out that time with your children?
1: Well, Kimberly, this is something that you say all the time as well is saying no. Mm -hmm. I, I think that one of the best pieces of advice that anyone ever gave me was when my daughter was in kindergarten, she said, just so you know, as your kids grow up, you're going to have to say no to even good things. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget that. And the first time that really hit me was someone was asking me to join a Bible study. And I was like, I I can't say no to this particular Bible study. That's not good. I, I should be doing this with my time, right? But I had a newborn and I had all this stuff going on. And and th- that quote came back to me and I said, no, I can't. I can't do it. It's yes, it's a good thing, but I can't. And I remember the freedom I felt for saying no, but we, we moms, especially, you know, have a hard time saying no, because it's innate for us to want to help people and be there Mm -hmm. to serve. And I think that basic principle, as I know you hold true to as well, Mm -hmm. is so important to really evaluate, okay, why am I doing this? why am I signing my child up for the second indoor session of soccer? Is it because everybody else is doing it? Is it because I, I feel like they'll be behind if they don't, well, they probably aren't going to be behind if they don't, who cares if everyone else is doing it, Mm -hmm. if it is causing more stress to our day and I'm calling all kinds of people to get my child there, then why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. I think the, Biggest thing to distractions is really the easiest answer is just say no and, and quit feeling the pressure from everything else to make us do that to our family, because Mm -hmm. 10 years from now, if it doesn't matter that your kid got the extra indoor session, then (laughs) why are you doing it? Yeah. And I'm saying that because it's a struggle in our own family as well. I mean, we have four kids with all kinds of things. We have a dancer, soccer players, um, you know, basketball. And if we don't say no to something, it's going to kill our family. Now I will say at the same time is that we have some children who need those things. So I have a dancer who dances currently three nights a week. Sometimes it's four nights a week and, If I took that from her, it would kill her. That's Mm -hmm. like, that feeds her soul. She loves dancing. And so we make sure then that we, that distraction doesn't actually become a distraction to the family where you know, we do have that one window where she's in between classes. I could leave mm-hmm. her at the studio, but I go pick her up so she can come home and we can have dinner. we always have dinner right then.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's
1: only 30 minutes, but we have it. And then she goes back. So I think the distractions don't have to take over, but we, we do have to be creative. And a lot of times it means doing things we don't even want to do. Go pick up our daughter from mm-hmm. the dance studio and bring mm-hmm. it back. I just think it's always a constant balance and knowing what's right for your family. And when you get to the end of the day and you lay your head down, what are you proud of that you did and that you included in your day? And if it's Mm -hmm. weighing heavy on you, then only, you know, Hey, this isn't right for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. And, you know, one of the things like I'm all about creative solutions and one of the things that we've done, you know, in a season where my son was on a particular team that took a lot more commitment from us, I brought my laptop and I got so much work done. I realized, okay, this stinks, but it's also an opportunity if I view it the right way. Sometimes now when my, we drop my son off for wrestling in the evenings, it's my opportunity to go to Costco or to Target or to bring one of my children along and go grab a bite to eat. And so we can within, if it lines up with our values and we're saying yes to the things that matter, we can find creative ways within that as well to then make it work and make it be a bonus for our family, for sure.
1: Oh, I like how you said make it be a bonus. Yeah. yeah. I don't always look at it. And yeah. And we are also queens of multitasking. We yeah. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> well, I learned really early on
0: to utilize pockets of time, you know. So, I was working with the life coach, you know, for my 40th birthday. That was my present. And we were looking at my calendar and trying to block out time. And she's like, if you do your menu playing on a Friday, order your groceries on a Friday night, why can't you take your daughter with you every Saturday morning to pick up groceries? And that became our time that really did become, and then every once in a while we'd stop and maybe get a Starbucks hot chocolate, or we'd take a ride to take the long way. But like, it became a thing that she looked forward to. That was her time with me. And so, yes, mom, you know, I don't always think multitasking is the answer, but when we have to do it, we can do it well. It doesn't need to be something that takes away from us all the time. For sure.
1: And I remember you were talking about your life coach in that episode. Was it the non-negotiables one? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's awesome. And just figuring out where it all works together to make you happy about each decision, right? Mm -hmm. That you're fulfilling Mm -hmm. that and not sacrificing where you don't want to.
0: Yeah. And so one more, one more thing before I have you, we wrap up is I do want to touch on family dinners. I know for, um, a long time and it's probably easier for people to have family dinners right now than ever before but you know there was there have been seasons where I've had to change like like all the idea of family dinner and change when we had it and so we would come home from school and I would actually have a meal the big meal of the day for my kids when they got home from school because I knew we had swimming during dinner time and then when we would come home we'd have a fruit cup or cheese and crackers or some something to tie us over but we shifted the way that we were doing meals because I didn't want to give up that special time. So as we're talking and there's any listeners out there who are like, well, I just can't do dinner with my family. There can be other times where you gather around a table and there are going to be seasons where you can shift because it's a value to you and you want to make it a priority. And so, what I love about like the, this, the dinner conversations is that it can be done anytime that you set aside time and you commit to it and you say, I want to make the most of this time that we have together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one thing for us is when we have found ourselves in busy season, we'll commit to a big brunch after church on Sunday at our Mm -hmm. house and big breakfast. And we all do it together or Saturday Mm -hmm. morning Mm -hmm. if we aren't in soccer season or whatever. And yeah, I mean, the family dinner component is such a key because family dinner, it's easy Mm -hmm. quote unquote, because you all have to eat and be together. But I think really the whole, it's much more than it being a mealtime shared. It's the fact that you're sitting at a table, like Mm -hmm. I said, at the beginning where it is, it is a catalyst for you guys to just sit and stare at each other. So if your dinner table is not your catalyst, or is not working out to be that for you, then what is, what in your week is something that will force you to sit together and stare at each other? And I yeah. think that's what we have to think of when we think of the dinner table. So
0: yes. is
1: it at nine o'clock at night, one rant, the Friday night? I mean, I guess not with teenagers because they're going out, but let's say an easier one would be five o'clock on Saturday night before everyone goes out. Maybe you don't have dinner together, but you sit down and you always have one family meeting and you make your own thing and it's 30 minutes and you all get together and maybe it's at the couch. It's not at the table, or maybe it's that you love to do family hikes together on Sunday after church. So you go do that, but you can look at each other and no phones and connection and all that. So I just think it's what works for our family, where it is weekly, at least once a week, preferably three times a week, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, where you're all together, the whole family and look at it as the quality and not the quantity. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right. And, you know, because of how busy your schedule is that it works that way. It really does that, we got to drop this expectation of, well, I didn't get that big moment I wanted on Saturday afternoon. I all wanted to, you know, we wanted to have a three hour bike ride and then a picnic, but, (laughs) but how solid is the 30 minutes you did have together. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, what is your metaphor for the kitchen table that works in your life?
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a great way to think of it. All right, so we're wrapping up. Tell us about your podcast and where we can get your resources.
1: Yeah, so I have a podcast, Families That Stick Together, and it's all about just building strong families in real life and making sure that we are solid in our values and the virtues we're teaching our family. And it's fun. I have interview guests, we do solo episodes. I just finished a Brave Mom series, which was so much fun highlighting what moms are doing that is brave. I, again, topic for another day, but I feel like moms are the answer to saving the world. <laughs> Very cliche <laughs> thing. But I, I think moms, we have such a role in humanity. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, God tells us that, but we have to be brave to stand up for what we really know is true and virtuous and and good and and really make sure we're building our families that way. So I love the Brave Mom series, but mm-hmm. all my resources are found at togathermoments.com. There are free resources at togethermomentscom slash free and I have fun things like a downloadable uh, road trips game. And it's all our together sticker questions that you can print on a card and keep in your car. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. This was a great conversation. I think communication is so important more now than ever before, because we are spending so much time together and the foundation that we lay as we spend that time together is going to be really important for the future of our children.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank Thank you you for all your work you're doing to build families too. I've learned so much from you as well. And I just appreciate being able to know you and learn from you too. Thanks for having me.